everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant, attorney, and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. My passion for football, high achievement, and pushing boundaries has helped me to get into rooms with pro athletes and power players and to move the ball in multiple male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using the same Move the Ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands, their careers, and creating opportunities. Join me in conversations that will elevate your career, differentiate your hustle, and accelerate you crossing the goal line. Get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, welcome back to Season 5 of the Move the Ball podcast. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. Real quickly, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode. We've got such amazing guests lined up for this season. To kick off season five, I'm really excited to bring you round two of my conversation with Irving Fryer, who is a former NFL wide receiver who was drafted as the number one overall pick in the 1984 NFL draft. Irv is definitely someone who knows how to move the ball as he played in the NFL for 17 years, had multiple 1,000 receiving guard seasons, and was a five-time pro bowler during his professional football career. And Irv's doing great things beyond the game as well. As you'll see on this episode, Irv has such great thoughts on how to be successful in life. And on today's show, Irv and I discuss topics like showing up even when you don't feel like it, adjusting and adapting as needed, and how not everyone is meant to be with you on your journey. Irv shares such amazing insights on this show, and I know you're going to love it. You ready? Let's go. Irv, it is great to have you here on the show today and back inside the huddle with us. How are you? I am doing well, Jen. Good to see you. Happy New Year. What took you so long to call me back? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> no, I love having good. you on. You've been a guest before. You're on season three. We've obviously been collaborating over the years. Mm-hmm. I've been on your podcast or one of your podcasts before, and I absolutely love your energy. We vibe on the same frequency. And so I know we're going to have a great conversation today. Yep. It's going to be a good show. Great show. Starting out season five. Here we go. All right. And you know how the show goes. So the first thing I have to ask is, Irv, are you ready to move the ball? Always ready to move the ball. I was uh, sharing with you earlier, we are made to move forward. We're not made to go backwards. We're not made to sit still. The way we are anatomically designed, God has put our eyes in front of our head, our mouth in front of our face, our ears are slanted forward, our arms work better when we reach out in front of us, our feet point forward, not backwards. So we were designed anatomically to move forward, and we need to recognize that. Backwards is not good. Still is not good. We always have to be in the moment and always press to go forward. That's right. Being in forward motion. So we're in season five of the show. And uh, as I look back over the years, this podcast has come a long way. It's evolved. I was just telling someone this morning, they were asking me about the podcast. And I was just thinking back to just how much it's grown. I've also evolved and grown. And that's what the journey is all about. Moving the ball forward includes evolving and growing. So the first thing I want to ask you, Irv, is how have you grown and evolved since the last time you were on the show? The last time we talked, I had one podcast. So now I have like four podcasts (laughs) that I either host or co-host. And that's something that really I did not plan on doing. But because when you move forward, when you continue to press and you continue to look or seek for open doors, things just kind of happen for you. 
when you're still and you're inactive and you're non-productive, you know, you can't anticipate doors opening for you. But now that I'm in the podcast world and this, that's not the only thing I'm doing, but because I am in the podcast world and because I do continue to create content and continue to look for new and innovative ways to present what it is that I'm doing, whether it's in my football podcast or whether it's in the Friar Place where we, you know, we talk a little sports, but we mostly talk about challenges of life and the victories that come afterwards. Because I stay active, doors have opened and yeah, things have really, really turned over for me. And now I've got four, I can't, I can't even count them. I think it's four podcasts, (laughs) but it's all good. You mentioned you staying active and it makes me think about showing up, right? Like when you show up to life the right way, that's when the opportunities are going to present themselves. And right around the time that we had done our last episode together, I had released my latest book, Dominate the Game. Subtitle is How Life Changes When You Show Up. And something that we discussed quite a bit on that last episode was the importance of showing up the right way, showing up every day and being able to move forward, whether you like it or not. And that's something that you had mentioned was that you're going to move forward, whether you're feeling it or not. And I think that's so important. I think a lot of people miss out on life and some of the benefits that possibly could happen in their lives because they live their lives based on how they feel. You know, if they don't feel like it, like I changed my workout routine. Now I don't go to the gym at six in the morning. I go to the gym at five in the morning now, (laughs) but there's times I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like it, but I can't allow how I feel to stop me from going to the gym. So I got to get up, put my feet on the floor and get going. And once you do that, you find out that you're going to be all right and you feel better. You do feel better because you feel like you've accomplished even more. You've you've conquered your feelings. You were able to accomplish whatever your task was for the day. And it makes you feel better about who you are and what that does. There's benefits to it. Yeah, there's benefits to working out physically, psychologically, emotionally, but they're benefits because, again, you feel like you're accomplishing and you've accomplished against adversity, which was my feelings. So, yeah, people, I believe, miss out on a lot in life because a lot of people deal with life based on how they feel. In other words, you know, we go through challenges. We have storms in our lives. So why should I allow raindrops to bother me when I've conquered storms? I'm a pastor. I work in a church. I pastor my own church. And when it rains on Sundays, people don't show up to church for whatever reason because they allow the rain to cause them to feel a certain kind of way and not show up to church. Well, guess what? There's a benefit to showing up to church. You know that. There's a benefit to coming and being with your brothers and sisters in Christ and you miss out because you allowed your feelings or how you feel what's happening to cause you to stay stagnant, not to move forward. Feelings can really jack you up, but we have to live our lives based not on how we feel, but based on the target that we've determined for ourselves and based on the motivation of accomplishing the task or accomplishing the goal. I love you mentioning that because what you're really getting at is being disciplined right? Like motivation, you're feeling it, you have the energy, you want to do something because you feel like in that moment, you should be doing that. But when you're not feeling it, it's the discipline that needs to kick in and say, you know what, I committed that this was part of my routine and my regimen, and I'm going to do this whether I feel like doing it or not. Right. And discipline, just so what my definition of discipline is doing something consistently over time to accomplish a goal. That's discipline. And you got to do it over and over again. It's amazing how <laughs> it's amazing how 
we're we're in the new year now. We're we're taping here latter January, but I know it's going to air here pretty soon. But people will make their New Year's resolutions. And a lot of times people's resolution for New Year's is losing weight. And they'll start in the gym and they'll go maybe a week or they'll go maybe two weeks, even maybe three weeks. But then they don't necessarily see the results that they would like because of the goal they made. So they stop. They get discouraged because of how they feel and they stop. Well, doggone it. It it took you six months to, to gain those 30 pounds. <laughs> it's not, those 30 pounds aren't going to come off in a week. you got to be disciplined and do it over time consistently in order to accomplish your goal and not get discouraged, not go based on how you feel, not go based on what it looks like, but you've got a, you've got a goal that you've got to accomplish that's losing 30 pounds. But guess what? It's going to take your time. It's going to take some, some effort. It's going to take some determination, some stick with itness and some focus. Completely agree. And yeah, consistency, we all know, is key to being a high performer, to achieving those outcomes in life. You've got to show up every day and be consistent and put in that work. And something that I know, Irv, you've read my first book, Move the Ball. And in that book, I talk about this concept of getting the next first down. And when you have these goals, you're trying to lose 30 pounds, for example, or 50 pounds or whatever the goal is. Sometimes we set these big goals at the beginning of the year that seem overwhelming, but then if you break those down into what I call mini milestones or first down markers, then you're putting in more manageable chunks. And so that way it's easier to be consistent towards the achievement of that smaller goal, which when done consistently will lead to the accomplishment of that larger thing. So if you can just break it down and just have milestones throughout the time period that you set this goal for, it makes it easier to stay disciplined, to stay motivated. And then as you hit those smaller pieces, you have that burst of energy, right? To continue yes, on because right. you're seeing the progress versus saying, okay, my goal is 50 pounds. I've only lost one. Okay, you get discouraged. But if you say my goal was to lose two pounds this week and I lost one, okay, you know, you're halfway there. So it fuels you to keep pushing. Yes, it's those many milestones that we definitely have to not just be aware of and mindful of, but even celebrate. I'm doing the podcasts and things like that. I'm doing things right now that I never really thought I would do. So I'm I'm in this like technology, whether it's cameras, whether it's video, whether it's audio, all that kind of stuff. So I got a new camera a few weeks ago and I want to take better pictures. This is this is a challenge for myself. I want to take better pictures with this thing. They make some awesome it's the Sony by the way. They they make they make awesome awesome technology right now. So how do I get to a point? I've been looking at people's photography and their pictures and whatnot, going, you know, taking pictures and putting them in the Lightroom and changing them up and all that kind of stuff. So how do I, I'm not at that point right now. I'm not anywhere close to it, but my goal was, or goal is to get to a point to where my pictures look like these other people's photos. So I got to pick the camera up every day and do something with the camera every day. I did something a couple of days ago with it and it doesn't look like what I want it to look like. It doesn't look like the final product yet, but I'm not there. But as I do something every day, guess what? I learn more about the camera every day and I get a little bit better every day, but I can't stop. I have to keep moving until or keep going and keep using, keep addressing the camera every day and be active with it until I get to my goal. Because when I get to the goal, then I won't know what it is I'm supposed to be doing to get the results that I'm seeking. Absolutely. Yeah, it's something that you got to do 
with consistency over time. And you make, like you said, you make little increments, maybe even minute increments of advancing, but at least you're moving the ball. At least you're going forward. You're not staying still. You're not going backwards. And for me, not doing anything is going backwards. Because guess what? There are a lot of people like you. There are a lot of people like me who are moving the ball every day. So if I don't do anything, guess what? I'm going backwards. Why? Because those people are gaining ground. You're talking about learning a new skill or taking a new camera and producing these high quality pictures. Well, that doesn't happen overnight, right? And so it's about the reps. I mean, you, you, you played in the NFL at the highest level, 17 years in the league, many thousand plus yard seasons, number one overall draft pick in the 84 drafts. I mean, you know what it's like to be at the top of the game and how are you at the top of the game? It's through practice and consistency and reps. And so the same is no different. You know, you just got to try that camera out, try new things, incremental progress, and you will get to the results that you're looking for when you consistently put into place what you need to, to get there. Here's one thing you can't do. You can't be afraid to fail. You can't be afraid to fail. So when I talk about what I was trying to do this past week, I had this whole concept in my mind about what I was going to put together and what I needed to film and what I needed to record and the end product, what it was going to look like. Well, I took it out and I I didn't get any of the shots (laughs) that I I wanted to get to be able to put together what I wanted to put together. It was failure. I mean, it was almost, I could look at it almost like it was a waste of time, a waste of energy, a waste of effort, but it wasn't. Why? Because now I know what not to do. So the next time that I have this whole plan in my mind, I won't fail like I did before. I may not get it all right, but at least I won't fail like I did before. Why? Because I know what I did wrong. And that's part of the journey. It's learning and it's taking those failures, pulling the lessons from them so that you can continue to move forward and be successful. Yep. And it's not something easy to do. I remember, I love the first part of your book, and I think it's the first chapter, where it talks about a game in particular, I think it was being played in the Dallas Stadium. Anyway, it was the Texas teams. And one team was blowing the other team out. And people, it got towards the latter part of the game, and they thought, people thought the game was over. People turned the TVs off, you know, they, they started going home. And lo and behold, the other team came back. But the other team, after all, they after they came back, the one that was winning finally did win because of a last-minute kick return or something crazy like that. And that just, just helps to let me know you always, you can never give up. You have to always keep trying. You have to always keep going because you never know what's going to happen. I don't know how many times, even this season, I was watching an NFL game and three-quarters of the way through the game, I'm like, it's over. They're done. And then I go to sleep, turn the TV off, go to sleep, wake up the next morning. And that team that I thought was done, they won because they hung in there. It could have been, you saw it yesterday in one of the playoff games. And I know we're taping this, but it was yesterday in one of the playoff games, a guy is right at the inch line and he fumbles the ball because the defensive back didn't quit. He didn't give up. He was able to cause a fumble before the player who was carrying the ball, the offensive player was able to cross the goal line to score. So you never know what's going to happen. I tell people in sports, you got to swing the bat. You have to swing the bat. You can't hit the ball if you don't swing the bat. If you miss, okay, so what? At least you swung the bat. You have to swing the bat. You cannot hit the ball if you don't swing the bat. 
Yeah, and there's a famous Michael Jordan quote, right, about how many shots he's missed, but, you know, he's been great because he's taken those shots. And so you have to, you know, take the shot, have to swing the bat. I mean, you have to play the game if you want to win. Otherwise, you're not going to get the outcomes that you want. And I'm glad that you mentioned that about how the game isn't over until it's over and teams keep playing. There is a possibility, even though there's a huge deficit, they can still turn it around and win. You just never know. And, And people ask me, a lot like Jen, how did you get into football or why football, right? Being a, a female. And it was exactly what you described as a kid sitting in Chicago, watching NFL games, seeing teams come back, sometimes the Chicago Bears, sometimes other teams come back from those big deficits and still pull it off. Now, they didn't always win, but there were times that they did. And I just found that absolutely fascinating. And football is a fast paced game, it's exciting. But the fact that you never knew when it was over. It was just great. And that's not unique to football. We see that all the time in in sports. We see that in life. I mean, I went to the University of Alabama, as my listeners know, and I mentioned this last season on the podcast about the Alabama-Auburn game. And that was a big game for Alabama. They were still trying to get into the CFP and they were down. It was fourth and 31. And then there was that Jalen Milrow throw that scored a touchdown to Isaiah Bond. And I mean, it was incredible. I was like, oh my gosh, how did they pull that off? But one, they practice that play. By the way, they do practice that. So that didn't just happen by accident. They do put those reps in to practice that, to be able to execute. But you just never know. And so that's the beauty of football. That's the beauty of sports. That's the beauty of life. If you stick with it, you know, you can still achieve the outcomes, even when it feels like the world is against you. Don't give up if something's important to you. Yeah. And first of all, let me say this about the 1985 Bears. I'm, I was reading your book and I'm like, she was rooting against me because <laughs> <laughs> I was on the other side of that butt whooping that the Bears put on us. <laughs> the Super Bowl shuffle and all that. I was in that mess. So here's something that I've recently learned. And, and this speaks to what we were just talking about, not giving up. You never know what's going to happen. You got to hang in there. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep coming until the clock says all zeros. And when the clock, for us as people, when the clock says all zeros, we won't know it anyway because we'll be dead. (laughs) We'll be gone. So you keep pushing until you can't push anymore. For me, and this is going to sound crazy, Jen. It's going to really sound crazy. I'm 61 years old now. And I think people who start getting a little bit older, like, like I am, I'm starting to get a little bit older. They think maybe it can't happen for them because they're getting older. They think that the latter part of their lives just a period of time where they can't be as productive as they were when they had more energy or when they were stronger or when they were younger. And that's not true because I've heard this several times and now I'm experiencing it for myself. I'm 61 years old right now. And guess what? The most productive years of my life have come and have been after the age of 55. After the age of 55. So anybody who's listening, don't think because you're a little bit older that it can't happen for you. That you can't accomplish, that you can't reach your goals, that you can't overcome situations that that maybe you've been struggling with. You can. I'm 61. And the best Years of my life have been after the age of 55. So don't think it can't happen for you. You can teach an old dog new tricks. I never, ever thought that I'd be a techie guy. I'm a techie guy now. <laughs> this is for young people. That's what I used to think. It's for young people. They can do, you know, this posting and podcasts. And I can't do that. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Look at my studio. 
listen to my sound. <laughs> I did this. I did this. And as someone who has been a guest on one of your podcasts, The Fireplace, I mean, you do a fantastic job with that podcast. And so, yes, you are a techie guy and you are moving the ball when it comes to podcasts and technology and being productive. Well, I'm doing the best that I can. I love it because I can do it right here from home. (laughs) So I don't have to go out anywhere. Well, that's the nice thing about technology. And I know we talked about this before because on the last show that we did, we talked about COVID and having to adjust and adapt and how the world forced us to use technology to stay connected. And it's a great way to connect with people across the globe, to have a podcast where you don't have to worry about the logistics of getting everyone in the same place and having all the cameras. So, I mean, leverage technology. It's fantastic. I mean, not just from a podcasting standpoint, but in anything that we do. And speaking on that, you have to be willing to adjust. You have to be willing to learn. You have to be willing to open up and add to your repertoire. Again, for me, podcasting started out simply during COVID. We changed the church around a little bit because those of us who were pastors, those of us had churches, you know, for the most part, we couldn't bring people into the church because COVID was so bad. So you had to have, if you didn't already have, you had to establish some kind of online presence to maintain the attention and the teaching for your congregations. So I changed things around in the sanctuary and we had good cameras. I had a guy who was working there. I'd go in on Sundays and I'd preach and he'd film it. It'd be on live and people would be able to see it. And it was good, but I didn't have that kind of technology at home when I was doing my Bible studies. I was just doing Bible studies at home on my phone and it wasn't the same. And I wanted something to match it. So I saw a friend of mine who was a preacher and he was doing this, Ecamm's software that we use. And he was home and it was clear and the picture was crystal clear. The sound was pristine. I'm like, what? I called him up. What are you doing? I'm using this software. So I actually started with the software just to do my Bible study. <laughs> and then I was moved to start a podcast, The Fireplace. Now I have a podcast called Vetted. I have a podcast called Wide Outs World. It's just going on and on and on. I'm still doing the Bible study, but there's two or three other podcasts now that I'm doing and it's it's paying off. Oh, it's fantastic. And something that I wanted to ask you about, you made me think about. So as a competitive athlete, you know all about adjusting and adapting. I mean, you're conditioned to be in that type of environment on the football field, but also off the field. Now, something that we talked about during the last time we did our show was your football career. But one thing I didn't ask you about was about transitioning to different teams and adjusting and adapting. So during your NFL career, you played for the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Redskins. How did you navigate the transitions between teams and what challenges or advantages did it bring to your professional life? Well, obviously, I mean, there were a lot of different challenges, whether it was family, whether it was geographically, getting to know a new group of people. For the most part, as far as the transition to each team, it was not as difficult or not as uncomfortable as I thought it would be. Understand, I was always a little bit anxious every time I went to another team. Why? Because you're going and guys maybe that you were playing against, (laughs) now you have to somehow forge a unity with them and be a teammate and work together. It's a little bit different in the NFL when it comes to, you know, going to another team as opposed to, you know, moving from one company and working for another company. We actually see each other on the field and we address each other physically. So there may have been some interaction that could have been even sour 
and you're now you're going to another team and the location and you have to work together with that person. But there was always, and there is, anytime you're making a transition like that, there's always some anxiousness. There's always not fear, but there's some uncertainty. But you have to, again, you have to push through that and move forward and go and adapt or adjust to whatever situation that now you find yourself in. So for me, going from, say, New England to Miami, but we played the Miami Dolphins twice a year. So they knew who I was. I knew who they were. So it was an easy transition. Now, family-wise, it was different because we're moving from a northern location down to a hot location down. We had kids at the time. So that was, that was, it took some adjusting to do that. But again, it's something that you have to embrace those transitions. It's something that you have to face. There may be some hesitation in what it is that you're doing, but again, that's just conquering it. It's just moving forward and making sure that you're focused, making sure that you're determined in terms of setting your goals, making sure you have a game plan when you, before you get there that you can implement and that you can execute when you get there. And for me, again, there were people I knew. Now, when I went from Miami to Philadelphia, that was home for me, but I didn't know any, pretty much any of the guys on the team. So for me, that was a new, completely new transition that, again, I was a little bit anxious, a little bit nervous. They knew who I was because I had played in the league for almost 12 years, 13 years by that time. So they knew who I was. I just didn't know who they were. But you got to do all of this. You got to do it with confidence. You got to do it and be reassured in yourself that what you have to bring to the table will make a difference and be an asset in the situation and in the environment that you're entering into. It's all about being confident in yourself. So many people, self-esteem, self-image. I have a Bible study. You know, our Bible study, I always do a nugget for the night. And last week, the nugget for the night was stop people-pleasing. Stop making decisions in your life based on what you think other people think about you. Stop making decisions in your life based on what other people think about you. <laughs> Listen, you have to be brave enough to move forward when people don't like you, that when people just don't see you the right way. You still have to be brave enough to make your move, to do your thing, to accomplish your goals, regardless of what people say. And, and that's, that's not just football, it's not just sports, but that's life. That's life. You got to move with confidence. You got to go forward with confidence. You got to transition with confidence. You got to bet on yourself, knowing that what you're doing, where you're going, the direction you're moving in is the right direction for you and you do it with confidence. Oh, I love that. And something you made me think about was back to our last episode, we talked about how not everyone is meant to be on the journey with you. Some people who are on the journey with you, they're not necessarily meant to be there in perpetuity, right? And something you had said was, you know, you can't be stuck or keep people who aren't meant to be with you. It's okay. There's a time and a place for relationships. And sometimes those relationships end, not just from a loving relationship, you know, lover standpoint, but coworkers, friends, people that you interact with, sometimes they're not meant to be there forever. I say it this way. I have, and I thought I had a big crew before, but when time and circumstance come together, you find out, you really find out who your crew is. And you don't need a big crew. You only need a few in your crew because a few people thoroughly immersed and dedicated are a far greater asset 
than thousands with lukewarm enthusiasm. So you only need a few in your crew. And how do you know who are those who are in your crew? Well, when all hell breaks loose in your life and you go through some trials, you go through some adversity, when the smoke clears and the sun starts shining again, the ones that are still there, those are the ones that are your crew. And that's who you move with. That's who you go with. Those are the ones who will stick by you and stay with you no matter what happens, no matter what goes on. And you only need a few, just a few. Yeah. And you'll know who those people are. And I mean, you've been in the spotlight for a long time. I know you've seen this too, something that I've seen quite a bit over the last couple of years too. And it, I still let it get to me at times is people will want to know you because of the success that you have only because of the success that you have. Like they didn't care about who you were before that, but now that you're there because they think you can do something for them, they show up. And if you can't do something for them, then they go away. As soon as they're like, oh, nope, I can't use you for whatever it is that I thought, then I don't care to know you. And I should not let that get to me, but it just boggles my mind how people can sometimes be so selfish. And it's not about building quality relationships. It's just, what can you do for me? Like you said, it's the selfishness of humanity. It's the cynicism of humanity. And it's getting worse. It actually is getting worse. Everybody you know, the world is moving so fast now. People are are having to shift. We're having to to try to go to another level or go to another place in our lives. People are trying to make moves right now. And a lot of people, for the most part, because of the, the evil that's in us and the evil that's around us, a lot of people are looking to step on heads to get themselves to another level and push others down. And it doesn't matter whether they're going to, it doesn't matter to them if they have to hurt you to better themselves. You just have to be careful of that again. And it's important to know who's in your crew. Listen, I'm 61 years old. I'm not trying to make new friends. I don't don't need any new friends, Jen. You're one one of my friends, but I don't need any new friends. I really don't. I, I can have some acquaintances. I can do some business with you. You know, I can do all of that. I really don't need any new friends. I know who my friends are now at this point in my life. I mean, I didn't know that 30 years ago, but I do now. But really, it's a shame that you really do have to be aware of what's going around you and vet people and really just be cautious in who you allow to enter into your circle. Yeah. And this is recent. So I just have to share it too. So I'm on IMDB. I've got a profile. I posted something about being on IMDB and my star meter. And so it was quite a nice number. And so I, I was proud of that. So I was sharing that on social media. And so then I got all these people reaching out to me and people are like, oh, you do this, you do that. And then if I said no, they're like, okay, cool. That was it. That was the end of the conversation. And it was like, yeah, because that's the only reason you cared, because you thought that I could do something. Do something. Yeah, they wanted something from you. That's right. That's right. But listen, relationships and that's what and listen, anybody who's listening right now, let's let's talk about a relationship. If you're doing everything and the other person ain't doing nothing, mm, that doesn't work. There's got to be some reciprocity. There's got to be a reciprocation in these relationships, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's a emotional relationship, an intimate relationship, there's got to be reciprocity that goes back and forth where you're not doing everything and they're doing nothing. That doesn't work. You got to recognize that and you got to sever that relationship if that be the case. 
Right. Absolutely. So, Herb, you brought this up. Not me. I wasn't going to bring it up, but because Uh-oh. you What are you talking about? The Bears? Yes. Ah. <laughs> the Bears. <laughs> the Super Bowl between the Bears and the New England Patriots. And so you were the only person to score a touchdown for the Patriots in that game. So how did that feel for you being someone to score a touchdown and put some points on the board? Well, actually, I didn't enjoy it at the time because we were getting our behinds whooped, as you know. So it was tough to really savor the moment in the moment. Now that it's years later, I I really, you know, never thought about it the way people present it now. You know, that was the first touchdown before the Brady era that the Patriots or anybody who played for the Patriots had ever scored in a Super Bowl. So that was me. And people say that or bring it up years later. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't do that. Yeah, that, that was me. So back when it happened, it really didn't mean a lot to me because there was so much adversity going on at the time. We had lost so bad. It was really very, very disappointing. We never got back to the Super Bowl again. So I didn't recognize the accomplishment back then. But years later, when people bring it up, I'm the first one in the history of the franchise to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So that's a good thing. <laughs> you were the trendsetter. Moving the I was, is that what it was? Trendsetter? <laughs> I thought back then it was a desperate move. It was a move of d- desperateness because we were so far behind. We were just trying to do whatever we could <laughs> to get in the end zone, and try to get back in the game. <laughs> now that you had some time to reflect back on it, since it was many, many years ago, since the Bears won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was definitely an accomplishment to be proud of. So Herb, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, I've got some fun questions that I want to ask you as part of my two minute drill. We'll be right back. You already know how to move the ball. Now it's time to dominate the game. In my latest book, Dominate the Game, I uncover the strategies of top performers that are proven to tackle procrastination, break through barriers and more, giving you the confidence to go after everything you want. Life is about more than just showing up. It's about differentiating, elevating, and dominating. So here's the deal. Grab your copy of Dominate the Game today and get your playbook for success. Make this next year the year you dominate in every aspect of your life. Because remember, the game is yours to conquer. All right, Irv, we are back. You've been on the show before. We've had a two-minute drill before, too. So I'm going to ask you some fun questions. Some of them are questions I've asked you before, but some are different. Yeah, but that was a while ago, so I don't know. (laughs) My answers may have changed since then. Okay. Hopefully, I don't make a fool of myself right now. (laughs) And actually, maybe some of those answers should have changed because we talk about evolving and growing, right? So they shouldn't always be the same. All right. Well, here we go. First question is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? When I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a Marine pilot and to fly airplanes off of aircraft carriers. Perfect. And that is the same answer you gave before. So that is consistent. Woo-hoo, check the box there. All right. Next question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? Consistent, loyal, determined. Why are you worth knowing? Because I can be an asset or I am an asset. Good answer. Who would play you in a movie about your life? You know, the person would have to be physically fit and and somewhat of an athlete. So just thinking back on some of the characters or actors that have done movies, I would have to say Jamie Foxx. Okay. And what would that movie be called? The best and the worst of an NFL player. Okay. Next question is, what is one thing most people don't know about you? That I'm real friendly. I think people see me as a little bit stoic, a little bit unapproachable sometimes. I guess 
they see my face. <laughs> Sometimes I look kind of mean, but, I, but I'm a real friendly person. Okay. And what is a pet peeve of yours? Pet peeve of mine is people driving while they're on their cell phones. That drives me nuts. Why? Because not only are they putting themselves in danger, but they put me in danger and other people in danger because they're not. And it only takes a second when you're driving in a car. They put everybody's lives in danger. Right. Very good point. So don't be distracted while driving. Put the phone down. Oh, I down. drive by people all the time. Put the phone down. <laughs> and so the bonus question is, would you rather dance or sing in front of a crowd of strangers? Oh, dance for sure. I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> we can dance. I can't dance that well, but at least I can move to the beat. No, we'll sing it. <laughs> so as someone who has excelled both in sports and off the field, Irv, what legacy do you hope to leave? And how do you aim to make a positive impact on others? I mean, obviously you've got your ministry and you've got your podcast, but tell us a little bit more. My message or what I would like people to know is it's the same thing that you're doing. The same message that you promote is to keep moving, to keep the ball moving, that no matter what happens in your life, you can continue to be productive. It's not over until the clock hits all zeros and that's when we're gone. We're, we're done at that point. There's no more use for us to be here because we won't be here anymore. But until that point, keep being productive. And you can, no matter how little or minute you think it might be or how unimportant it may seem to you, it's an asset in community. It's an asset in the world. It's an asset in someone else's life. And it's needed. We are all important. The late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King says, we're all connected to an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one of us directly affects all of us indirectly. So we're all in this together. And if you never become what you're supposed to become, then guess what? I can never become what I'm supposed to become. So we all have to continue to press forward. And in doing so, we accomplish or we complete the fullness of humanity. That might sound like some big book or something like that. But that's my message that no matter what happens, you can get up because if someone knocks me down today, that's on them. But if you come back tomorrow and I'm still laying in that same spot, that's on me. That's on me. So whatever happens, get up, keep it moving. It's going to be all right. It's going to get better. Better days are coming. Trouble don't last always. Don't let a few raindrops keep you from accomplishing your goal because you've been through more than that. You've been through storms and you made it through the storm. You get through this. Love it. So Irv, let people know where can people follow you? I've loved our conversation. Share any final thoughts and then also where people can keep up with you. Well, I've got the, the church and we do Bible studies on Tuesday nights. So you can go to TNJ, the Facebook page, TNJ, the New Jerusalem. You can join our Bible studies on, on Tuesday nights, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're actually going through the book of Revelation right now. Most people don't want to hear about Revelation, because, <laughs> but we're going through and it's very exciting. Bible study will be on every week until we get through the book of Revelation. That's on Tuesday nights. On Wednesday nights, I do a podcast called Wide Outs World. We are on a platform called Millions. We're also on the Friar Place. And I'll tell you about the Friar Place in a little while. We're also on my Facebook page. My co-hosts are two other wide receivers, former NFL wide receivers, Michael Timpson and Fred Barnett. All three of us have played for the Eagles at one point in time. And we do an analysis of the prior week in the season. We talk about wide receivers. We talk about NFL play. 
Obviously, we're talking about the playoffs right now. And during the offseason, we'll obviously talk about the prospects, particularly the NFL wide receiver prospects coming out of college. That's Wideout's World on Wednesdays. On Thursdays, I have a podcast that I do. I co-host a podcast on A2D Radio called Vetted. Vetted with Irving Fryer and Hollis Thomas. Hollis Thomas is a former teammate of mine. And it's basically a podcast that's focused on the Eagles. Obviously, they're not playing anymore right now. So we're talking about the league and we're talking about the moves they'll make during the offseason. That will continue on through the offseason on into next season. And then on Fridays, which I'm very excited about, I've been doing the Friar Place. We changed the time we were airing at 12 noon. Now we've changed the time to 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. because we partnered with a place called the Cigar Code. It's at 939 North Delaware Avenue in Philadelphia, right next to Rivers Casino. And we do a live podcast with a live guest and a live audience every first Friday. So we'll do the one this month in February 2nd, every first Friday of every month at The Code. And then my other three Fridays, I do it right here from my studio. So you can join us. You can see us at The Friar Place. That's on YouTube. You go to YouTube, search The Friar Place. That's F-R-Y-A-R, E-R is a chicken. My name is A-R <laughs> and search The Friar Place. And please subscribe and like and hit the subscription button and the notification button, I'm sorry, so that when we do come on at 6 p.m., whether we're at The Code or whether we're here in the studio, you can catch us. Perfect. And we will have links to all of those in the show notes so people can keep up with you. Irv, thanks so much for being on the show today. No problem, Jen. Thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you. Hopefully see you at the Super Bowl. Hopefully so. Yes, we will definitely stay connected. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, be sure to hit that follow button and also pass along the podcast to a few friends and coworkers too. And remember, this is the year that you're going to really move the ball and dominate your game. To do that, it's all about taking action and doing it consistently. I'm always here cheering you on and be sure to check out the show notes for links to additional ways that I can help you to continue to elevate, accelerate, and create opportunities. Until next time, make sure that you suit up you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you found this episode to be helpful, do me a favor, leave me a review, and also share the show with a few friends too. Next, if you're looking to take your career to that next level, unlocking the path to executive heights and high income opportunities, go to www.thenextfirstdown.com and join the newsletter. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you accelerate your career today, not tomorrow, not next week, today. As always, I'm here to be in your corner and help you to move the ball. Until next time.